evening, ladies and gentlemen. Are you ready for some laughs? Are you? waiting for the bestiality videos to get their own category at the Adult Video Awards. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost. How the fuck am I funny? And Dave Martin. What have we got here? A fucking comedian. Can you dig it? All right, welcome to the Big Bad Show. This is Anything Goes, our little talk show up here in Toronto, Ontario, Canada, taping every single week with my co-host this week, Dave Martin, sitting to my right. And two to the right, of course, is our, our favorite sit-in guest, Christina Walken. Hot diggity. Hi, hot boys. Diggity, hot diggity. Hot dog. diggity, boys. I don't think you need to say uh, where Toronto is. Do you? I, I don't think you, know, you need to say Toronto, Ontario, Canada. Canada. Yeah, some people know. may I, not know. Some no. people in the States may I'm not know. Learning. Most... There, I think there are about five or six Torontos in the uh, North exactly. America. So you're actually but, answering your own question. But uh, I think when way you to say, go, Dave. When you say I'm from, you'd Toronto. be really good on a show like the Debaters, oh, fuck. Uh, right? You'd be really good, eh? When well, someone says yes, and you go, well, maybe it could be yes. No, you're supposed to be no. No, well, we'll, we'll never know that because I haven't gotten booked on that fucking ooh, show. So. Oh, right, right away. Well, we're the starting. clause came we're out starting. very quickly. Uh, I had a great weekend the, in the last couple days. I was in uh, Charlottetown, PEI, and also in Halifax doing some shows. It's always fun on the East Coast, and it's always fun to do a show where they give away the show for free and audience members just come and get hammered and enjoy comedy. That always produces good results, right? When people don't pay to see the comedy, that always produces did good results. Did it affect your DVD sales? It did not affect my DVD sales. So were they good or bad? They were good. So okay. Are they it. giving you free beer, though? No, no free beer for me. See, sometimes with those shows, I don't mind them because yeah. I get free beers, too. And I'm like, yeah! <laughs> Woo! But, but Darren doesn't rejoice in, in things like free beer. No, I don't drink, <laughs> Dave. It's right. I do. I, I drink to double my pay. I do, and I too. do it well. <laughs> and where were you this last weekend, Dave? Uh, I got a, uh, a very last-minute uh, gig uh, hosting at uh, the Mississauga Club mm-hmm. for uh, Shannon Laverty and uh, Mike McGregor. And, uh, I mean, you do a lot of – you uh, make a big deal out of how most of your shows are triple X. But it yes. just, that show this weekend that we did was easily a triple X yes. show, too. Yes. So I don't uh, – it, it was a good show. Uh, Saturday was very fucked up and weird because uh, there were six people right in the front row. And it was one of those uh, – Thursday, there was no one sat in the front row. Friday, no one sat in the front row. Saturday – Six drunk early f- people in their early fifties that you'd think they would know how to fucking yeah, behave out in public by now. Uh, they were just they were smashed, they were hammered, and I kind of uh, mocked and just tried to have fun with them. But then they wouldn't shut up, and I took the guy's drink at one point and chugged it, and then I took his bottle of wine and said, "You'll get this back when you learn to behave yourself." Oh, you uh, showed him. Yeah, I, I I did because then they kicked themselves out. They were told twice by uh, me to be quiet, and t- once by the bouncer, and then. Uh, and then they finally uh, just decided to get up and leave because they felt like they were being made in, uh, to look a fool right. in public. But they were doing a good job on that on their own. And then uh, they said they were going to call the cops and complain at head office. So at the end of the show, I begged the entire crowd to write a letter to head <laughs> office and say what a great guy I am. And how Dave Martin is amazing. Yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, by name. I by said name. That. I said that. You yes. call the office and yes. say or, you know, call the people that book me there. Right. And say uh, what a great or job if you're I a did. chunkier, insecure girl, here's my phone number, and we can take this up on my phone. <laughs> that would 
Hey, that would work out if, if that happens, too. It's not much of a chase, actually. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's, more of a, it's more of a slow it. speed yeah. walk. Yeah. He's like one of those sheepdogs with, like, in, with the with the animals. You just get them near a gutter, and they can't go anywhere. Right, Dave? So. Oh, my God. There's the most distracting, beautiful girl in the front row, too. And this, I, I just like I, I immediately hated her boyfriend just oh, yeah. because uh, he was with this woman that was so... All she needed was a Dairy Queen uniform, and I would have <laughs> exploded on stage. Uh, your peanut butter human, buffet. Human tornado. What What uh, did you get up to, uh, uh, Christina Walker? Well, I hosted in Oakville, but last Saturday I did a one-nighter in Strathroy, Ontario. Yes, I bet you did. Holy crap. Dude, Tractor pull. They were all obsessed. The second we got there, they were obsessed with getting us drunk, and they are all obsessed yeah. with $5 Jaeger bombs. Oh, yeah. we got $5 Jaeger bombs, $5 Anyways, so they start buying us all these Jaeger bombs. And I, as you know, have a huge tolerance, right? Sure, yeah. It's 6 o'clock in the morning. I fucking woke up in the creepy mo- Strathroy Motor Inn and puked my guts out for like the first time. Oh. I puked from alcohol, and I never do that. I'm a professional. You want to know the last time I puked is when we were at the uh, Country Comedy uh, Country Cottage, Comedy Comedy Cottage Festival. Country Comedy Festival. That's the one. Up in, and uh, or I got up first. I got up in the morning, and I was just, I felt like such horseshit, and uh, I had a bad case of the Rhea, so I, <laughs> from a sitting position on the toilet, I threw up in the bathtub. Oh it was my God. awesome. That almost happened to me, too. Uh, I could and, not believe it. It was... It was quite impressive. I feel like the further away, the further outside of Toronto your road gig is, the better chance is you're going to fucking throw up from drinking too much. And you know the last time I puked from alcohol was? Oh, God. Like 1982. Anyways. You haven't lived. If you haven't broken any bones in your entire life, you haven't lived. I'm sorry. I broke my leg twice playing soccer. When was that? What year was that? 1981. Okay. So, all right. I know know the pain. And then you jump ship after that? Hey, here's a story that Dave Martin found because I, I started looking through this story and I'm like, well, this is kind of an interesting one. <laughs> then there was photos attached and it's like a you know a chunkier girl enjoying what? chicken nuggets. Obviously. So, so obviously Dave is like, this story's great. <laughs> Dave probably Googles pictures yeah. of chicken nuggets every day. <laughs> <laughs> she looks like a chicken nugget. I like her. <laughs> I, I just I just type in big tits and chicken nuggets. <laughs> that's right. That's all that, yeah. That's when I'm, yeah. Big chicken breast nuggets. <laughs> big chicken breast nuggets. Uh, this story uh, appeared today. A uh, 17-year-old girl in the UK was hooked on chicken nuggets and she's eaten nothing since the age of two. She was rushed to hospital after collapsing. She's been eating chicken nuggets pretty much three times a day, and there's photos of her eating chicken nuggets. What's that oh, white stuff on her face, photo. Dave? You have had these photos. <laughs> oh, Dave's already had these photos. Sorry. Oh, there's a nice little photo of her standing out front of the McDonald's. Look, she's cute, too. She huh? is cute. Oh, she, she is. is cute. But yeah. She, she is looks seven. like Kristen Stewart kind yeah. of looking. Yeah. And she, look she has. But all but uh, chicken nuggets. That's all she's eaten since age two. Chicken nuggets. Just eight? No, but there must be some. Yeah, she eats a little uh, else apart from chicken nuggets. Right. So, you know, there must be. But there was a show on TLC or A and E. Remember that? Those strange addictions or whatever, and people right. just ate pizza every day, three times a day, and then they'd back up eight thousand pizza boxes. This is how much you eat in one year, and then the guy cries and he says he never eats pizza again, <laughs> and then his girlfriend says I love you, and they get married, and then he starts eating pizza again. And he shoots himself in the head. Yeah. They. Uh, you know what I ate over the weekend? I I made I, I baked cookies and then I took the leftover cookie dough and I mm. made a, a sandwich out of two chocolate chip cookies <laughs> and then I put the I put the cookie dough in the middle and I then bet I you drank did. a big glass of milk with it and it was fucking awesome. <laughs> Jesus, that really? Yes, I did. Well, Dave, you might want to. You know, I mean, I'm bad too. I, I eat really horribly on the road. I'm gonna die. I'm gonna die with something in my oh. stomach. For but sure. I go well. Yeah. It's hard to eat good on the road, though. It's just yeah. hard. Like you're always going to like gas stations to get lunch. Yeah. You know what I mean? Off the side of the 401, where you can eat at Tim Hortons or Wendy's. Yeah. Like, 
there's not really a lot there's of a options. Story, uh, there's a great comic. He's been on the show, Alan Park. And I'm paraphrasing this story, but I'm, I'm pretty sure it was in Alberta in the 90s. He was touring through in a small town, and they stopped, and he wanted to eat healthy because he's a vegetarian. And he goes, uh, can I just get a salad? And they go, do you want anything with that, like chicken or any kind of meat? And they're like, no, no. He goes, like, no, I just want a salad. And I think the guy said, what, are you some kind of faggot? <laughs> like, he literally said that. <laughs> like, I do him. like, if you don't eat meat, it means you're queer. You know, it's Alberta. You eat your meat, you shut your mouth. You well, know? what was that video store that you wanted that you went to and you wanted to the documentary section? Well, that was in said- Buffalo when I was doing the Seattle comedy competition. I flew out of Buffalo out of the night on my own. So I went to this huge, great video store and they had tons of used DVDs. And they even had so many used DVDs, they had sections like drama, comedy. So I said, hey, is there a documentary film section? And the guy literally said, I'm not lying. He said, you mean the fag films? <laughs> I go, yeah, I yeah, the fag films. He goes, yeah, come on this way. And there was a whole section of documentary films, and it actually said fag films. Yeah, did it? No, no, oh, it didn't. that no, part okay. I made up. But he, <laughs> he called it the fag films. And Daddy bought uh, 18 fag films. Oh, my God. Day one of a tour, 18 fag films. Oh, man. Now, you know, okay, one thing I don't understand about this chick that uh, ate all the nuggets is uh, there's all these promotional photos of her. It almost looks like this like is she's, like, like a person forming the nuggets. Yeah. yeah. But it looks like that's like this is her claim to fame of like, uh, and then it says disgusting diet, but she has a very nice smile and she's not even that. Oh, she's normal size too. I hate to say it, but yeah. that's not yeah. a big girl. Like that's no. like you know. Uh, but she probably only eats three chicken nuggets, one for breakfast, one for lunch, and one for dinner. I mean, you know, she's not eating much, obviously. But also, you you even stuck up for the nuggets when started to use the white meat. You even swore like you stuck up for nuggets. What do you mean I stuck up for Well, them? you just said you made the claim. You were like, hey, but now they're being made. Well, you made the claim about how the nuggets have white meat in them. Yes. Now, and, uh, the, but the McChickens are still just like chopped up chicken bits. And you don't I used to know work in a there. chicken factory in the 90s to <laughs> oh put my myself God, through I university. I that, yeah. And uh, I now know what chicken is. And depending on what you order, what kind of chicken it is. The McChicken is a mechanically deboned chicken. So what happens is after they cut all the pieces off the chicken, they tumble the all the carcasses, all the cunt meat, the fucking <laughs> neck like, meat, everything. I'm the only girl who laughs at that yeah. word. Eh? Yeah, it's, you know, everything you possibly left over from a chicken, the asshole, rim, everything gets sucked out in the this beak. giant vacuum, and then they put a little seasoning and salt, and they freeze it in a block, and then they pound it out into the burgers the next day. And that is generally what the McChicken, that ground-looking chicken is. So when it says white meat, they are actually using breast meat. So I'm not sticking up for it. I'm just saying it's a better quality chicken McNugget. That sounds like you're I worked at McDonald's for three years. Okay. I don't want to brag. And um, November 94, I was the... Um, employee of the month but i ate mcdonald's every single day for yeah. sure for like three years yeah but anything i'd eat my chickens right. and chicken nuggets and cheeseburgers and filet fishes but how okay how old were you uh it would have been like 15 to 18 yeah, uh, yeah you okay. can you can yeah. handle that you have the energy you can burn it off yeah. your metabolism you know I actually like i remember two guys got fired because they stole a couple of chicken nuggets What's that girl? Is that girl's name like? Is her last name Spurlock? That's what I want to know. No, is it, like no, Morgan no, Spurlock. Because you want to look her up on no. Facebook and wish her well. Morgan I, Spurlock's daughter. And I shouldn't have made that reference to the Soviet Union, but my oh, most of my Russian references are Yakov Shmirnov and uh, Robin William, well, Robin Williams <laughs> oh, from Moscow mine. and the Hudson. So uh, I don't really know much. I just that's an easy target, I guess. When I'm on the road, sometimes like I remember one time I went to Kitchener and I was just trying to eat like something kind of healthy, right? right. 
And so my favorite kind of healthy meal is the taco salad, right? Because, like, first you eat your salad, but then as a reward, you get to eat a giant chip, right? Right. So I decided I'd, like, kind of restaurant crawl through Kitchener, and I was just going to stop at the place that had a taco salad and eat. But it took me, like, five places to mm-hmm. find a chicken taco salad. Mm-hmm. So anyways, then I was, like, five beers in because obviously I'd have, like, one drink at every place. You don't want to sure. be rude. Yeah. I didn't want to be rude yeah. and just walk out after seeing Officer, the menu. I'm swerving because I'm trying to find a fucking taco <laughs> salad. Come on. I'm allowed I'm to be drunk. I never in. drive. <laughs> six beers in. Chicken tacos. So if anybody knows where I can get a good chicken taco salad, it's my favorite thing. Anywhere. Yeah. All across the world, just tell me where the taco salads are at. Woo! <laughs> going to do a world tour of taco salads. I will do the world t- tour of taco salads. Yep. the best. I love the ones with the refried beans at the bottom. Those are the best ones. I don't like, I, I still, whenever I hear taco, I still think immediately think vagina. Once of someone, course you of do. Of course well, you do, Dave. No, it's not just a me thing. Once oh, no, someone, it is a you thing. No, but once <laughs> someone actually said, hey, pink taco... That's another euphemism well, for vagina. Taco, well, pink taco, maybe. Well, pink taco. Take yeah. the pink out and somebody just says taco and yeah. you're still thinking still about think, Bing Bang? I'm yeah. still thinking about, yes. Yeah. yeah. Well, you, you know, do you, you drive down, oh, there's Cunt Bell. No, it's fucking Taco <laughs> Bell. It's Taco Bell, Dave. It's yeah, Taco Bell. Uh, okay. Yeah. Make a run for the cunt <laughs> and the border. That's what Dave does. <laughs> you're at Taco Bell. Okay, right. I'll have three cunts. <laughs> yeah. Three cunts and uh, some of those fries with that orange cunt sauce on top of it and a little... <laughs> Oh, Darren. Fry uh, Supreme. I like the cunts of the shredded lettuce on top. Yes. Mm. <laughs> Yummy. And give Do you me like a hard shell or soft shell, Dave? This is a family show. <laughs> oh, is it? A Manson family show. Yeah. Wah, wah. Okay, we got to go to the break. When we come back, we're going to be talking with uh, comedian Mark Walker. We're going to get into a few things. A good friend of ours, of all of the people on the show tonight, uh, passed away. We will be talking about him in, in remembrance of uh, or memorial of him, uh, Gord Painter. And we're also going to talk about the history of the Tonight Show and the importance of talk shows in general for stand-up comedians. So we're going to get in a nice little conversation. We've got ideas. We've got things going on. Stay tuned. Mark Walker next. We got ideas. We do. everyone it's angry depression hour this is anything goes with darren frost and dave martin show me on the dial where the bad man touched you this is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Okay, we're back from the break. And joining us in studio, comedian Mark Walker is sitting in with us. Hey, Mark, how you doing? No, it's not good. I had a bad weekend. <laughs> really? You yeah. too? Yeah, I was, I, was, I was hammered in this club in Mississauga. This host takes my drink and I leave in shame. <laughs> <laughs> were you, did you have a wig on? Did you say you were insecure? I did. I did, and uh, I don't like drinking in Mississauga. It hurts my bum. Oh, <laughs> That's all I'm saying. Well, I think isn't that what the, uh, Mississauga is the old Indian word for? Hurts my bum. I, I think, think so. Yeah. I think so. Especially when you get paid at the end of the week these days. Ooh, oh my goodness. the raping! The raping! Wow. <laughs> yes, yes, the rape. So um, we didn't talk about it off the top because I wanted to wait until Mark was in the studio with us because um, for those who don't know Mark, Mark has been a comedian for, what, 25 years now? It's been 25? Uh, yeah, I've been good for two. Right, right. Uh, last two Yeah, it's yeah. been really it's starting to get the hang of it. You know, you've, you've done everything in Canada in terms of like you've done the Halifax Comedy Fest, you've done numbers of specials. So you're very much, uh, you know, you've been doing this a long time. And a good friend of ours has passed away this morning. Yeah. Um, a comedian, Gord Painter, for those who don't know, Gord was a blind comedian based out of Canada. Uh, a very, very funny gentleman. And most comics would, would agree with me. 
probably the nicest comic to be on the road with. Well, first of all, he's blind. If he yeah, wasn't yeah. nice, you could fuck with him. And I mean, it's not that we didn't fuck with him. We all still fucked with him because we're comics and we're assholes. Yeah, but well, he was. A, a, I mean, he was like his career spanned like over three decades. So yeah, the, you know, like he was around for the rock star time of comedy. Where you know he'd be partying with like you know legends like Kenny Robinson, Wayne Fleming, and yep. uh, and they would just get hammered and leave Gord at the bar, and, and, and they'd be getting calls and like Gord's at the bar, and it was like you know, and Kenny would be like, you know, Wayne, he's not a fucking pack of cigarettes, you know, he's not, <laughs> you just don't leave him in the bar. I know. In, in, in memory of Gord Painter today, I'm going to do the entire show with my eyes closed. Oh, so. nice, Dave. Yeah, nice. Welcome. Nice, and so you know because maybe I will too, just because I'm yeah. sitting next to Dave. <laughs> yeah, don't close and, your eyes next to Dave. All yeah. of a sudden, something's on your fucking tit. When you're Someone's <laughs> getting naked You've been warned. here. The, uh, but yeah, I mean, did, did Gord party? I just I did not know that he was there for in the in the early days of uh, of well, uh, comedy and. Uh, like did he did he play along with the others? Oh yeah, he got along great with everyone. I mean, he was he was just a real class act, you know, and he wasn't a prude by any means. You know, right. he just went with the flow. And uh, he used to love. Uh, I used to love hearing the story that uh, he would love to kill an afternoon by because you know they always say how the hearing is so you know the the heightened senses or whatever. And I'm tempted to do a Chris Quigley joke, but yeah, he would just love to go to uh, any small town he was in and just hit the Tim Hortons, you know, grab some coffees yeah. and just listen. Yeah, just listen mm-hmm. to all the interaction for the. That was like hours of entertainment for him, and he would like regale us with these stories of he goes, you wouldn't believe what would happen in the conversations I heard, and he would just sit there, have his coffees, and hear it all. Yeah, he was definitely, and also, uh, you know, even though he was blind, he was still very much a road warrior for a lot of the uh, late '80s and early '90s. I know in the last couple of years he'd done more corporates kind of shows, so the traveling wasn't as much. But well, I mean, he, even though he was blind, he was still out there. Well, he did leave him laughing, and he also wrote a book, uh, published that just a couple of years ago, yep. uh, and 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 now please welcome Gord Painter, I believe is the title. Yeah. Uh, and and uh, being on the road with him, you would literally forget he's blind because he would he'd been up and down the highway so much he could just sort of time out you know like uh you know okay how fast are you going you're doing 110 okay in about five minutes there'll be a turnoff up here to your right and it'll say and he'll say the name of the turnoff and it would be there oh yeah oh yeah you know and you know uh i started my my uh my comedy career i still lived in branford ontario and that's where gord is from Uh, gord is from branford so whenever i told anybody i wanted to be a comic they go you got to meet gord you got to meet gord or roger chandler those are two guys that everyone always talked about from branford and i remember being in high school seeing gord doing a presentation and talking about you know being a stand-up comic and how great it is and it's his dream and even though he's blind he's still able to do your dream so you know the whole idea of the show was no matter what life throws at you you can get ahead and you can do your dream so he's very much a, like a motivational speaker as well. I know a lot of people, their first couple tours or big road gigs were with Gord, and, and they were very happy that he was with him because he was such a nice guy and well, not it's an a, asshole. It's a, it's a gentle welcoming uh, to the business, you know, and he was just a class act on stage and, and off, but, you know, he could muck it up as well. Oh, yeah. Because uh, apparently he was doing spots a couple of years ago at the, at the Yuck Yucks downtown, the current one, Richmond Street. And apparently everybody was dropping the C word, guns, this and that and the other thing. And like, and uh, Laverty was on the show. You were talking about Shannon Laverty earlier, yep. but uh, Shannon was on the show and she was saying it just got into this whole thing. And Gord was just doing a seven minute spot and he walked <laughs> and he goes, he goes, oh, I don't know what to do. I came in all the way from Brantford and everyone stole my best cunt jokes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so you know, he was no prude. You know, yeah. like uh, he was, he was a fun. You know, he was a really fun guy. Well, I, I think I remember one of my uh, one of my memories of him was that uh, uh, I did my first sort of. Uh, well, I guess road club gig with him at the uh, Kitchener Ontario Club, 
And because the guy was blind, he, he, uh, he would also be able to give you a very unique perspective on, uh, of your act because, you know, he, he wouldn't sort of get right. – uh, like he wouldn't get caught up in watching you and watching what you were doing on stage. So he could just purely – and then he, he also was one of the first guys to tell me that you got to learn to speak slower because everyone in the audience, this is the first time they're hearing the jokes even though you've – heard them and told them you know 10,000 fucking times it's the first time they're hearing them so that was one of the unique things about him is that he could give you a perspective on your act you'd never heard before well I remember one time with uh, Eric Tunney another another dead comic I feel like Don Don Rickles on Larry King everyone we know is dead Larry <laughs> but uh, they're but, all dead you quit having me on when people die Larry uh, and, then Larry, and then Larry left the show and uh, but uh, one time Eric Tunney used to do this great bit about chicken in a can, and he would make this uh, this noise into the microphone. And he said how he gave the chicken in a can a shake, and it just made this kind of sound. And I just remember Gord coming up to to Eric after his set, and he goes, "Trust me, from someone who knows that sound, perfect." <laughs> and like he just killed Gord because I mean it just meant so much more to him. Yeah. You know, and he was just killing himself, like hugging Eric, and that was the funniest thing I've ever heard. Right. Aww. So. And, you know, like I said, Gord's been doing it for 30 years, but I think about 10 years ago he did uh, – he was playing golf, and I'm not sure if he's the only blind person that – obviously couldn't have been the only, but definitely the only blind comedian to get a hole-in-one. Are you sure they didn't just tell him that? And then no, no, he got, he got the front page of The Sun. I remember reading yeah. The Sun uh, on my way to a, an audition when I was uh, going for stuff, uh, you know, acting stuff, and I was taking the 504 streetcar across town. And I picked up a son, and I would generally do that. And, and there it was, Gord Painter, picturing Gord on the front. Chris Quigley always references that joke and uses yeah. Gord by name. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's true. But oh, he, yeah. does, he does the joke. He goes, if I was golfing with him, I wouldn't have told him. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the water, Gord. You're yeah. in the water. <laughs> you know, my turn. Hey, hey guess what? <laughs> and, you know, we're going to actually play a clip in a little while. And the, the clip that is about him getting the hole in one. So he tells it from his perspective. But it's a very, very funny joke. You know, fuck it. We'll, we'll play it now. And then we'll come back in after after the joke. I've been playing blind golf now for about six years, you know, and absolutely loving it. In fact, this summer I had my best score ever, 6,004. <laughs> yeah, I think the lessons are paying off nicely. Fantastic. <laughs> you may have actually read about this, too. Uh, last summer I got a hole-in-one. Yes, true story, a hole-in-one. 184 yards on the second hole. Incredible thing about the shot, I was on the third hole at the time, so it felt very good. <laughs> I am married. I'm married. Uh, married folks, make some noise. Where are you, married folks? Yeah. Just celebrated 10 years of married life 10 years of married life And not once in that entire time Did I think of leaving Eight times I thought of leaving <laughs> You think I could find the friggin' door? Well, there's just so much work in a relationship. A tremendous amount of work in a relationship. My wife had never dated a blind person. That first year of marriage, very tough, huh? She once left potpourri on the coffee table. I thought it was a bowl of chips. I felt like crap, but my breath was nice. It's been fun, though, being married. Oh, you sure do learn a lot about being married. You know, for one thing, my wife and I, we actually had a little tiff a little while ago. Just a, Well, just recently. She wanted me to put out a Halloween display. Halloween display, right? I thought, gee, I didn't get the Christmas one down till August. It took me that long to find them. Twice I ripped on hydro wires. But I know for a fact men, guys, would never put out outdoor lights if it weren't for wives, kids, and the guy next door. You know, Mr. Season's greetings. 
1,500 multicolored synchronized lights. Oh, it'll get your wife going. It's like, how come his display looks nice and ours looks crummy? Because he's a knob. My neighbor does the display for Christmas, Valentine's, Easter, Halloween. So a couple of years ago, I fixed them. I put up a May 24th weekend display. Beer bottles and garbage. Thank you. I'm very proud of that myself. I've got to take it down soon, though. It didn't look good last Christmas with the nativity scene. People thought the three wise men were returning empties. All right, that was Gord Painter telling a story about getting a hole-in-one. Uh, this morning, Gord Painter, comedian, uh, age 57, passed away in Brantford, Ontario. Um, it was complications it, from diabetes. Yes, that's yes. right. He, uh, Which is actually how he lost his sight in Europe, actually. It's a very interesting story. If you get the book... Uh, I believe it's, uh, and now please welcome Gord Painter. And he talks about his entire life and losing his sight in Europe. He talked about it a little bit with me, like person to person once, mm-hmm. but it's uh, pretty frightening. Well, I mean, you know, if you don't take care of yourself, I'm not insinuating he didn't, but that, that those are things that can happen with, with diabetes. Everyone just thinks, oh, we live in a world now where diabetes is cured or at least tolerable and through medication, it's it's not a problem. But it really is. It still can be a problem. Well, he um, didn't even know at the time, you know. No, I know, I know. The, the testing and all that sort of stuff. So. Yeah. And that's how, unfortunately, he lost his sight. But uh, he then became a, a great comic for 30 years and, you know, definitely uh, someone that a lot of comics look up to. And so... We also want to talk about, and and this is something from Gord's generation as well, when I first talked to to you, Mark, to come on the show, we wanted to give some guys that have been around a long time just something to talk about more than just, so I do this gig, I've done this gig. And you grew up on on Johnny Carson and Tonight Show, and I know I did. And I wanted to talk a little bit about the importance of those talk shows to stand up and to entertainment because it's such a TV-fractured world with 500 channels we have Kimmel and we have Letterman and we have Conan. There's so many choices. Yeah. Back in the 50s and 60s, there weren't. And that's why I just want to talk a bit about that kind of golden era of talk shows. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, it's a, it's an interesting pedigree. The Tonight Show was started with you know Steve Allen in 54 to 57. And, uh, and between 57 and 62 with Jack Parr. And then Johnny succeeded and took it on for 30 years. Then it became Leno O'Brien and then Leno again. Right. But I, what I didn't realize when I, when I sort of researched this to get a little backstory about what we're talking about, there was a, there was a six-month period between uh, Steve Allen and Jack Parr where they tried to actually make it a more daytime-ish, uh, today-show-ish feel. Right. And with a whole bunch of different uh, hosts and it didn't fly. And then they brought in Jack Parr to bring it that edgier late-night and, and and Steve Allen and Jack Parr are like an amalgamation of what Letterman does today. So, like, mm-hmm. the footprints of those two first hosts are still very much relevant today. Like, the whole Man on the Street thing was uh, choreographed oh, sure. by uh, Steve Allen. Uh, Stump the Band was actually Jack Parr that Johnny continued that tradition. Jack Parr actually founded Stump the Band. Right. So that's kind of a neat thing. And also a lot of the things that Letterman did in the 80s, like the giant Velcro suits and all that type of stuff, uh, Steve Allen was doing very similar kinds of stunts oh, yeah. in the 50s as well. Well, yeah, Letterman had the uh, – he was like the gigantic uh, Alka-Seltzer tablet. Yeah. yeah and and then, then Steve Allen was the gigantic uh, tea bag. Yeah. Which is yeah. it was just kind of yeah, has its own sort of double meaning now, but uh, <laughs> it's like he, he dunked himself into this gigantic, hey yeah, gigantic <laughs> cup of tea. But uh, a lot of people don't, yeah, don't give uh, the sort of the credit to uh, Steve Allen and, and Jack Parr's uh, how much they innovated television. Well, the Letterman beginning. would even, you know, pay homage to, you know, he goes, well, we, you know, we we did this as an homage to Steve Allen, which basically means we're ripping off a good bit, right? right. You know, right. And he would always yeah. preface, you know, yeah. he, he had he had no bones about who he took from. 
But yeah, Johnny was definitely the template, and and Johnny was a star maker, which is gone now. Yeah, I mean, a lot of people don't realize, especially stand-up comics. I mean, when you did Carson, because more than half of America were only wa- were watching Carson because there wasn't anything else on other than kind of weird shows that after eleven thirty, you know, uh, small markets would play movies and stuff like that. But in terms of NBC as as being such a big juggernaut channel, you had Carson, and to do it, it was a game changer. Even just to do it once. Um, we talked about it with John Wing uh, Jr. a few weeks ago about yeah. about being on the show and how much it meant to him. Yeah. And it, it, he said it didn't make that big of a difference to his career, but we all know from the history certain comics, I mean, like Roseanne. Well, well and, David Brenner is the one guy sure. who says, like, after he carson, he basically he could buy a house because yes. it was just that kind of show back then. Well, the last guy that Carson made was Drew Carey, and when uh, Leno did his tribute, you know, Drew Carey came on at the end, and they were like, well, why is he there? And it was like, that was the last guy Carson made. Right. You know, when he came out and he just slaughtered. And I watched that in a hotel room in Calgary because uh, I knew, God, I was only like not even five years pro. So I, and Johnny had announced his retirement. So I knew the Tonight Show was just a, a, with Carson was a, was a dream that was never, ever going to happen. So I lived it vicariously through Drew and he came out just clobbered. And I just remember him standing there and he looks over where Johnny was and he double takes and then kind of points to himself and runs over and he's so excited. And he's rubbing his hands on the arms of the chair and he's going, wow, yeah. wow. Wow, and I was just like so pumped as if it was me. Like I lived that moment through Drew, so it was very smart of Jay too. And of course, when they did the tribute show to Johnny, uh, Drew came out and he looked at Jay and he goes, uh, "You know, when they when you die, they're not going to do like any of this for you." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, and also, didn't Drew Carey say, "I just won fifty bucks"? Well, didn't he have like a bet with his friend? That Ray he was Romano. Like... Oh, really? Okay. Well, it, was, I... it was Romano, and then uh, he told another story on Leno when uh, he came back after the you know taping. He was out celebrating, of course. And uh, he comes back and he and he gets a, he's checking his voicemail uh, at his ho- at his home line. It's Ray Romano who was doing the show the next week. Yeah. And he goes, uh, "Hey Drew, it's Ray. Thanks for taking all the laughs." <laughs>, <laughs> right. So well, people also forget too that like the just where we seem to be in such a day too, where like every talk show wants to keep themselves so guarded. But like Carson was the kind of guy that he had like these like really weird guest hosts on too. He would have like like Steve. Well, not weird, but slightly, he had Steve Martin hosted a whole bunch of episodes. Yeah. Yep, and uh, like Burt Reynolds and Mama Cass and like uh, Frank Sinatra did it once. Really? He had Angie Dickinson on. They were talking about yeah. Ocean's Eleven, but Frank was behind the desk when he sat in for Carson once. Well, I did. I, that's that's news to me. I did not know that. Well, yes. Oh <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah. I mean, there's been tons, but there's also a very interesting. Uh, certain people were only go on when it was a guest host. Like Pee Wee Herman was on the Tonight Show, but he never was on with Day with uh, with Jay. Jay, listen to me, fucking Johnny Carson. It was always Joan Rivers. Yeah. Because if Carson just didn't like you or didn't want have anything to do with you or didn't see what he could have with you, he would always kind of funnel that off to the guest host, which is a great thing because you know not every host wants to be around certain people or think yeah. that they can get something out of it. Well, then that, that's the thing about Johnny was that he was generous and uh, you know and Letterman by even again you know, like he made no bones about it like he was not interested in promoting talent that could one day take his job. Right. And he said that in the press, but Johnny was. He was like this enigma where he just kept getting paid more to do less. Right. Like right now, like Johnny's almost uh, like Johnny stands at about uh, 4,531 tonight shows. Jay is over 4,000 now. And that's because like even though it's a way shorter period of time, Jay's not giving up guest hosting to anyone. Right. So he's doing five nights a week. Johnny kept getting more money to do like he uh, like three, three a week. Like they would do best of Carson on Mondays the last five, six years. And then Lena would do Tuesdays once he became the permanent guest host. Before that, it was Rivers. And uh, and then he would just do Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. Wow. 
you know, and then he and but the money would go up and the workload would go down, and he was more than happy to just delegate delegate it to anybody else. But well, I mean, that shows a certain a lot of confidence in that, like he knew that he was the guy. Well, for all through the seventies and eighties, NBC stood for nothing but Carson because right. until Brandon Tartikoff came along and really yeah. built the what is now known as as must see TV on Thursdays, and he started that up with Cosby at eight, Family Ties at eight thirty. Cheers and Night Court nine and nine thirty, and that became the power prime time again. Yeah, for sure. That but, was that's before that. It was all Carson. He was Carson was yeah. probably the only thing making money. Yep, Carson carried the whole load. And then that was the big joke when uh, you know because uh, one time Letterman said to, uh, to Johnny when when Johnny guested on late night, and he goes, "Have they ever said no to you?" And this is when Carson signed a deal to take him to twenty five years. And uh, Carson just kind of give him that sly grin, and he just goes, uh, he goes, no, I uh, pretty much got a lock on him. And <laughs> then that gets the big laugh, and he goes, well, you've dealt with him. And then Letterman goes, he goes, no, 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 your negotiations and my negotiations are two different floors of the building. Right. <laughs> now, do you so, think it's do you think it's it's a it's a better that like do you wish that David Letterman had gotten the Tonight Show? I think it would have been a proper succession, and it's what Johnny wanted, but NBC never asked Johnny. Right. They never yeah. asked him once. Right. And then when it was like uh, just this whole melee, because it was Helen Kushnick, uh, Leno's agent at the time, uh, planted a story uh, that uh, NBC was looking to unload Johnny because Jay was getting the better ratings and the hotter guests. Was that true, though? Um, uh, no, she planted that story. Right, okay. Jay denied it to Johnny. Like, he literally called Johnny up and said, look, I did, my people had nothing to do with it. And Johnny, well, Johnny's nobody's fool. He goes, right. oh, yes, you did. Yeah. Yes, course. you yeah. did. Right. And then even after the fact, Leno called uh, after he fired Kushnick uh, once she got him the Tonight Show. And, uh, you know, he said, uh, you know, like, I didn't know. He goes, I didn't know at the time. And, and Johnny just, he was a very guarded man. He said, just be careful who you have around you, Jay. Right. But he always, uh, and then they asked him, like, when, when Letterman was getting ready to leave, then NBC calls Johnny, who had just gotten back from, like, uh, three months in Africa, you know, and they're like, well, Johnny, who do you think should have taken over? And Johnny's like, well, now's a hell of a time to ask. Right. <laughs> you know, so, <laughs> but he, uh, you know, he always wanted Dave, and he, and he, he did that by quite. He quietly endorsed Dave because he never set foot on Jay's show ever again. Right. Yeah. Uh, he did phone-ins with uh, Dave at CBS, and he did actual an actual walk-on and a couple of video segments. Right. Yeah, yeah. So you know that was that was Johnny quietly and and subtly endorsing, and those are the only appearances he ever made. Technically, the last time Johnny Carson ever sat at a talk show desk was with uh, Dave in L.A. in '94, oh, yeah. where he did a walk-on and handed uh, Dave. Wow, a talk was that list. long ago? Yep. Wow. Yep. Now, I, what what do you think? What crazy empty hole is there inside Jay Leno that he still feels like he needs to do that? I mean, you know, I mean, he's got all the cards that he could want. He makes all his money, so much money doing stand-up. He doesn't he, care he, about money. Jay Leno never cared about money. I mean, I don't want to defend Jay Leno, but even in the 80s, I mean, he was a road pig and he was a road warrior. Yep. All he wanted to do was make people laugh. And I mean, that still is the same way today. Well, I, mean, I don't agree with some of the tactics that he's done. I don't agree with what happened with Conan, a lot of what happened there. But you know what? All he wants to do is he just wants to song and dance, man, and do a show. And I don't take anything away from that. But at some point, you got to say to yourself, you know, what's the right thing to do versus what I want to do? And I think Jay's done a few things that... You know, I think he'll regret, but, you know, he makes money, so. Well, you know, and the thing is, it's like it's almost like the Pope, when Pope John Paul was the popular Pope, but now he had, uh, well, it's it's Benedict now, but it was Rats, I always say Ratzenberger, like Cliff from Cheers, you know. (laughs) 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 Or whoever that was. I want to see that episode of Cheers. That was his Wolverine, you know, like, uh, you know, like uh, he, like, Lennon would just sort of defer all the rough play to Helen Kushnick, but, I mean, she was a Wolverine. She got him the Tonight Show. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then he tries to play nice, but, you know, Leno's not that nice. It wasn't Helen Kushnick that walked into a, you know, a closet 
yes. listening in on the NBC board meetings, which yes. Bill Carter documented in the first Late Shift Wars. Yep. Well, I, I, his wife Mavis must must be such a bitch to get out of the house that much and to be on the road that much. But who knows? I, I don't I, know. I, I, I heard she's a, I heard she's a real sweetheart. And it's just a, I, she's happy to have her out of the house. Well, I, I just it just seems like a, a guy that just never wants to be at home. But uh, yeah. But I mean, I mean, yeah, he's, he's a, I mean, I'll, I won't take anything away from him as a comic in the 80s. But to, I mean, he still seems to me as a guy that's guest hosting The Tonight Show, uh, the Carson one. Uh, it, that's so long gone. Now. I, I mean, know, you, but... you you realize that people in their mid twenties now, you know, uh, like we, we, you know, Johnny was off the air, right? Yeah, they yeah. Were, you know, they were born, you know. So it's 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 a, it's a generational thing. Although it's cool with the with the DVDs and documentary doc, documented. Yeah, you know, I I went to a college one time. And I was doing a thing where I'd take requests to celebrities, and they'd always ask for Johnny and the like. These were teenagers, you know, late teens, you know, early twenties, college kids. And they're going, yeah, we have the box sets. We love it. Right, yeah, yeah. You know, so that comedy is the one thing that holds up. You either have it or you're not. You don't, you know, and that's one advantage of YouTube when they start showing Dean Martin and all. Yeah. Like go, even going further back, Foster Brooks, all those great character comics. Well, if you yeah. ever, if, if you get a chance to watch uh, Real Time with Bill Maher, Bill Maher uses Johnny's, uh, the way that Johnny would deliver his monologue. It's, Absolutely. Yeah, he yeah. takes it completely from uh, from Carson. So there still is that, that influence that he still and, has. And Bill Maher was one of the guys that Johnny made. Yeah. And whenever Bill Maher would appear on Johnny's show, he would always have him do this punchline about being raised Catholic and Jewish and, you know, bless me, Father, for I've sinned. I believe you know Mr. Cohen. You know, <laughs> yeah. the, the whole bringing the lawyer and confession yep. bit. Johnny would make him do it every time, and, and, and Maher would do it gladly right. because Johnny gave him his career. Yeah. And when Dave was on the air, his last appearance on Carson, you know, when he shook hands with him, he said, look, thanks for my career. Mm -hmm. You know, like Johnny made stars. Right. Now, if, if you could think of the five people that Johnny made <clears throat> culturally, uh, you know, kind of iconic comics, who, what five do you think we, we could say? We definitely could say Roseanne, right? Well, yeah, because she totally redefined the sitcom. Right. So Roseanne definitely got her big start with, with Johnny and on that show. Yep. Uh, was Tim Allen, um, he was on The Tonight Show, but was that really... I don't think that was Tim. Tim kind of came along after he kind of got caught fire, like after the Carson days. Yeah. That's when Home Improvement really started. Right. Uh, Shandling. For sure, Gary Shandling. I mean, yep. look, at, look at Shandling, like even afterwards, like Shandling uh, made Larry Sanders because people were so talk show obsessed because of Carson leaving and the war over The Tonight Show. Yeah. And that's right. And... Uh, Shandling, uh, apparently, uh, uh, the whole character of Artie, Rip Torn's character, uh, who, you know, always protected Larry. And apparently that was Freddie de Cordova because uh, yep. there and, and, and apparently Artie's character is based on the urban legend is or the show legend is, is that uh, when Helen Kushnick planted that story, uh, apparently de Cordova phoned Leno and it was the old tape answering machines where you had everything on tape. And apparently the Cordova was drinking or whatever. It was like, you little fucking shit. I know you fucking planted that story and I'll gut you like a fucking trout, you cock-sucking piece of shit. And apparently that's the whole Artie character. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's based on that phone call. And apparently the word is Leno still has that tape somewhere tucked away. Oh, that's funny. Yeah. Well, it's like that Chevy Chase one that just came out a little while ago with yes. uh, him uh, screaming at the guy that uh, created the TV Modern show. Com yeah, no, yeah. Community. Community, oh, community right, yeah. right. So, okay, so uh, we need a couple more. What are, uh, Joan Rivers? Ones? What about Joan Rivers? Well, definitely Joan Rivers. Well, they definitely yes. have their... I watched a piece that, of work, so I saw all that kind of drama between the two of them. Well, and that it just drives home about how monumental, like, her getting on The Apprentice, like, to be on an NBC show after yeah. all that. Yeah. Yeah, that was a big deal. Yeah, I mean, it's like, you know, Carson could... Uh, and that's the other... That's the dark side of Johnny Carson. People don't realize, like, Johnny Carson could destroy as quickly as, as, as kill. He's like, he's one of those guys from that era, like, Sinatra was like that. 
he was either loved or or detested, and it was fifty fifty. Like there was many people hated Johnny Carson for but Wayne his Newton. Power. Wayne Newton hates him, right? Well, yeah, Wayne Newton uh, busted right in on the uh, right into his office because uh, Carson was doing uh, very deprecating jokes about Newton questioning his sexuality, and they're not really sure that they. They thought it was about uh, him and Johnny were fighting over some piece of land that they were yes, going to buy. And Newton that's what Wayne Newton said. Yeah. yeah, and he said he got it out from under Johnny, and Johnny was, like, taking digs at him in his monologues. And, like, Newton's old school. He went and kicked open the door and said to Fred DeCordova, it was just Freddie and Johnny. And the uh, and he told the story on Larry King. Yeah, I saw it, yeah. And he said, he goes, he goes, he goes like, talking to Johnny, and DeCordova, who, who normally was like a badger and protected Johnny from everyone, just looked at Wayne, got up, left. Yeah. yeah. So he left. He hung Johnny out to dry that day. Right. And then he said, he goes, look, Johnny, I don't know what it did, but this has got to stop. And he said, and Johnny was giving him the old, uh, you oh, know, come Wayne, on, we're, Wayne, showbiz. Wayne we're, we're big fans of here. He goes, cut yeah. that shit, Johnny, it ends. Yeah. Wow. It's, it's just, it, yep. it's too bad someone didn't do that on behalf of Johnny's wives. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and their faces. Yeah. yeah, there was, well, yeah, what was the first, was it, what was it, Joan, Joanna, and. Uh, uh, they're all Jays. Yeah, the first three are all Jays. There's, yeah. there's, there's Joan, Joanne, and Joanna. And uh, Bob Newhart did this at the roast. He goes, the man won't spring for new towels. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but he, you know, there's stories in that that uh, that book from the 80s, King Lateship. of the Night. Yeah, no, yeah. King of the Night. Oh, sorry, it's just, no, yeah, King oh of the Night. man. If even half of that stuff is true, it's like, you know what? I love Johnny Carson. Uh, my childhood is tied to him. I watched him every single night. But it's almost like when you when you watch documentaries about Muhammad Ali and, and Frazier, like the ones you, you let me, yeah. you, you get a different opinion about people when you start reading some of their personal stuff. And, well, media was different then, and, you know, it's it's, it's amazing. And uh, another, another classic example is uh, Billy Crystal did this great, and you don't even have to be a, ba- a baseball fan to love this one. It's 61 about Mantle and Maris going after Babe Ruth's record. Right. And like Mickey Mantle, you know the the world loved him. Uh, they, you know, everybody he was just a hero. And and Roger Maris was by far a far more moral person, a kinder person. Like he was loyal to his wife. Mantle screwed around, but you know the public just decides. Some people are going to like, and some people they aren't. Yeah. Oh yeah, for sure. Um, this is very random, but can I interrupt because I have a present for Mark, and I know that we're running out of time, and okay. I'm so excited to yeah, give yeah, you this yeah, present. Yeah, 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 give him the so present. So Mark and I, we went on the road like um, last summer. Yeah. Uh, we went through the Maritimes, and uh, anyways, I started a shower tally for the trip, right? So it was like, okay, so it was like uh, day three, you know, Mark, three showers, Claire, zero showers, me, zero showers, and it kind of went on and on like that, and by the end, it was like, you know, Christina... You know, six showers, Claire, eight showers. Mark was like 14 bubble baths because he kept on taking bubble oh, baths. Oh, yeah, yeah, it was a bubble bath. <laughs> so anyways, I got this. Who knows what birthday. Oh. Right? I got you some bath salt because oh, I'll never use it. But oh, um, I want you. It's tropical passion. I don't oh, even know. thank you. I think <laughs> you just drop it. In. I don't even know if it cleans the tub or cleans you, but you can have it either way because I don't really use my bath yeah, tub. Yeah. <laughs> it looks like meth, actually. Holy <laughs> yeah. shit, I had no idea what... Christina, Dave, Darren, I'd like to be alone with the bath salts, please. That's right. We have a, we have a bathroom up here. There's a toilet you can put it in and just shit your ass in. Well, 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 well the, here's here you talk about times changing. Like this was just last Shitting summer. Asses, yeah. We're 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 like we're like uh, splitting this condo when it's me and Claire and, and Christina, and they're out drinking and whoring and doing whatnot, and I'm sitting. It's hard to make money on the road. I'm you need to get a free drink a, here and there. I'm, That's all I'm saying. I'm sitting in a bubble. bath. Bath, drinking red wine, 
listening to George Michael's for the feet version of Ladies and Gentlemen. Or no, for the heart yeah. version of Ladies and Gentlemen, George yeah. Michael. And I cried a little bit. You're like the fucking East Coast Arthur. That's what you are. Oh, that's right. Waiting for Liza Minnelli to come home. But I, I am my own boss. And, I, and that, was the trip that, you, that was the trip that you nicknamed me Phyllis Diller. That's right. Because well. uh, we, we'd, uh, even when the shows weren't going well, I'd, I'd say something offhanded and from the back and about three red wines in, you'd hear, <laughs> and that's when she became Forever Phyllis. Phyllis. Forever Phyllis. Forever Phyllis. <laughs> Love it. Well, unfortunately, we are out of time, but uh, we will have you back in, Mark, because I did want to talk just about Johnny Carson and the Tonight Show and, and well, the, even the Mark's history a stand-up. Of... We didn't even get into all that. Yeah, but he'll come back. We got, okay. we're we here every single week. And, uh, I, I do, ain't I... going nowhere. Exactly. He's got bubble bath now. Now, like next time, we'll bring him a new thing. We'll bring him a, a little scrunchie and a loofah, and he can just turn into a giant chick. Well, I have lots of hair scrunchies if you want one, Mark. I've been yeah. to paradise, but I've never small been refresh to me. next time we work together. It's very exciting. Dave Martin likes the loofahs because they double for like you put chloroform. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> He's got tons of them. I tell you, my old stripper name was Chicken McNuggets. Ooh, oh, nice. <laughs> Watch Dave collapse. I'm Some 17. Nuggets. I'm a British yeah. teen. <laughs> I'm addicted to whores and I'm chicken nuggets. Eat just this from now on. Look That's at right. me, mum. Just, just <laughs> cunt tacos all day long. <laughs> cunt tacos. Oh, oh, my favorite place out west, the best fact, uh, fast food is cunt time. Yes. <laughs> yes. Far yes. superior. Far yeah, they don't superior. have Taco Bell out there. No, they only no, have Taco no, Time. No, they've got the, That's right. Cunt time. But way it's superior. Uh, it's always cunt time. Well, it is for you, Dave. I wish. <laughs> I wish. You wish. I do. Oh, what's up between your teeth? Anyways. Ah, uh, Dave Hartzell Martin. Thanks. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks to Mark Walker for coming in. We really appreciate it. Yay. Thanks, thanks, Mark. Thanks for the best, Salt. No problem. Does everyone get gifts when they come on? Yes. Here? No, yes, actually, they do. you're the Spread first the word. one. Spread yeah. the word. Yeah. Uh, maybe I'll start a tradition. I'll, I'll get rid of all my soaps. No, everyone. That's for every gift. <laughs> you must bathe, Walken. Clear <laughs> Horowitz got the pens and toilet paper. Make your own joke. <laughs> and he's had enough of that shit. Yeah, <laughs> yeah enough n- McNuggets. That's... I can't, oh, man, I can't get through anywhere without telling that story. I'm the Abraham's Zapruder. <laughs> Next time you come in, we'll tell that story. Oh, yeah. Lordy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Not, yeah I haven't pissed him off enough for just yeah. by being there. But yeah. it, I, I still say to this very day, if Larry made that his closer, he would be such a, a highly respected Just so everyone knows, he shit himself on stage. Yeah. Mark was there. <laughs> and he, it's like a, a urban legend and folklore in our, in our he, he shit Gordon Lightfoot wrote a song about it. <laughs> oh, the day Larry shit his pants, he shit his pants in a tent. The winds were quiet that night on Lake Tobermory. <laughs> Proving once again cats are smarter than humans, this is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Better than crack whores, they never stay the whole hour. This is Anything Goes with Darren Frost and Dave Martin. Okay, we're back from the break, and that was Mark Walker uh, talking about, uh, well, Gord Painter's passing away, and of course, the history of The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson. I grew up watching the show every single night and watching all those big uh, comics and and watching their first time on and getting excited when they got called over as well. So Were you really excited when they got called over? I was, because I knew, because even at that age, when I was like 12 or 13, I knew if you got called over, that was a big deal. That's true. Ellen DeGeneres on there, I think she was really great. Yeah. And and even, well, even he made Jay Leno's career, too. Yes. And I 
I, was, I remember Jay in, in that green, awful yep. suit that he wore, too. Yeah. I remember when I used to play Montreal, and then there was this uh, VHS tape, because that's how long ago this was. And it was like that video. It was the best of um, people's first time on the Carson yes. show. Yep. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I was like, yeah, it was Gary Shandling. with the, was and, the nest. Yeah, yeah the comedy yeah. desk yeah. in the condo there. And Gary Shandling, he opened up with a little prop act. He had his little pen that he had stolen from the bank. Yeah. Rita Rudner was on there. Roseanne, which was hilarious. Oh, yeah. Yeah, everybody was, that was, that's one of those still, I wish I still had that video. It's pretty me awesome. <laughs> I wish there was still VHS. I, I wish there was yeah. still, not me. I think about how much, how many bad sets I still have on VHS. Oh my God. Oh, I have so many. You know what? There's there, no way I want to be watch those. I found a box of uh, like old VHS tapes that were, just, that were just shot with the club camera. Ooh. You know, and where, you know, where everybody said it looks like they bombed because the mod audience is not much. Right. Yeah. And I just thought to myself, you know what? What are the chances of me actually going through these videotapes? Nothing. So there was almost a part of me that just wanted to leave them at like, <laughs> Like, uh, like random value village stores <laughs> and like thrift markets yeah. and stuff like in like or just like drop them off at garage sales and just and run <laughs> off and then it would maybe the videotape would be like the ring you know and if you play it in like seven <laughs> days you <laughs> realize how much time you wasted watching my VHS tape you'd be like seven days oh my god I we had that party once me and a bunch of comics it was like a New Year's Day and everybody's kind of hungover and we just watched old sets of each other like and we were pretty much bombing and it was the hardest I've ever laughed. Like it was, it's way funnier to watch your bad sets than well, it is your good yeah. sets. Of course. Well, it's yeah. so funny. Any, I mean, I, anytime a comic tells me a good story, I'm like, and great. Yeah, 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 yeah. So nobody hated you? What do I fucking care about this story? I know, it's well, it's so just funny. not interesting. Yeah, it's I mean, so funny that's, when you're bombing. that's why on my, on my second and third DVD, there's more sets of me bombing as the B-sides than, okay, you get the main show, yeah. but I get people, they watch it once, and they go, but we can't stop watching you bomb. Yeah. Like, we watch that more over and over again than you, yeah, because it's, it's, it's a different reaction. Right. You like to see someone struggle. And I, I know, in, I know. In the first segment, we talked about the shitty set I had hosting uh, in Mississauga. Yeah. And um, when I was, uh, when I kind of sort of begged the people at the end of the show, wait, write a letter, write a letter, please. And then because I think I, you know, I, you guys had a great show, and uh, didn't, I thought I did an all right job. And then they started applauding, and at a certain point, I just said, "All right, okay, stop applauding. That's enough for me to jack off to later on tonight." Because <laughs> <laughs> there is that sort of well, I guess there's the sad jerk off, and then the what a great show I had jerk off. Right. But, well, it's always nice to get, you know, when everyday people like your sets and when everyday people don't like your sets, that's a different feeling. <laughs> and then there's always the feeling of when someone comes and reviews a show, which leads us into our next topic, because we don't have a lot of time to talk about this. But uh, about a month ago, uh, Now Magazine, which is our uh, liberal arts weekly entertainment magazine, if you want to call it that, um, did a review of a show and uh, reviewed. And Christina was on that show and she actually got a negative review <laughs> Of her performance. Is that is that yes. fair to say? Um, I, I, well, I was naive. I just I thought he was and I knew on Twitter that he was going to be at the show. Like I fully did. Right. And but I just didn't think he'd pay any attention to me. I didn't think I was going to get. He reviewed. thought he was just there for the headliner. To yeah, review the I just thought he was right. there for the, the headliner. And then when I saw my name tagged on the Twitter um, on the Twitter feed of him reviewing the show, I was like, oh, no, like I knew I was in trouble because. <laughs> like, hey, I know I'd fuck the dog all day that day, and I didn't really try very hard. So when I blogged about my reaction to my go, bad don't go, review, don't go there, don't go there yet. So oh, he, okay. he he posted, he pretty much said that you're scattered. I scattered and unfocused. And unfocused. My um, so that's what he said about you, about your set. <laughs> yes, and I we can get into we can get into your day and what happened. So but, that's what that's what the review was. Yes. It was it was a Thursday, and that, yeah, it was a Thursday. He did mention before that it had been a bad crowd, right? Like uh, nobody was kind of really right. getting them going, and right. I was on second. 
And uh, and I didn't get them going either, I guess. I didn't feel like I had the worst set, but right. I definitely did not have anything I was proud of. Or right. anything. And I was trying out a new joke, so it was also like, Thursday night, six minutes, I'm not making money. I should. I feel really guilty sometimes if I don't try a new joke. Yeah, that's that's our chance to go into the gym and, yeah. and work shit out. Right on a like, Thursday night, right? Hit a punching bag and throw out some new jokes. Yeah. And, I mean, if the guy... But definitely my jokes had no yeah. good order to them, so maybe it did come off scattered, but I had to throw something new in there, otherwise I would have been embarrassed too. So right. oh anyways. Okay, uh, so, so it gets it gets written. Um, you know, then comics start coming to your defense and saying, you know, fuck this guy. Some people said that. Some people were like, you know, don't worry about it, everybody gets bad reviews. And then you uh took a, about what about a week would you say before you yeah. wrote a blog? And I, I blogged. And my blog was just my my I'm kind of admitting defeat because I like I said, I didn't really try very hard that day. I did a whole bunch of things instead of working on my act. And I think sometimes as a writer, you are a little bit of a procrastinator. Right. And you go off and do a thousand things when you meant to write. You tell people you're even going to write. Like, oh, no, I'm writing. I'm writing. But then you don't really go to write. You like you go for a coffee or I went to the gym. I fucking bought boots. Like sometimes all that time that it looks like you're writing, really, right. you're not really writing. <laughs> and I got busted. And it was a it was a good bust on Glenn's part. Yeah. It was a good bust. Right. And I remember, like, you know, I'm not def- I don't defend Glenn very often, but there was a lot of comics kind of taking swings at it. And I, and I said, look, you know, that you'd said you didn't really have a great set. You said that you weren't really focused. And he called her on it. And that's it. I mean, it's a they, great bust. Like, you know, and I need a kick in the ass, right? Because, right. If, like, what if I'd spent all day working on my act that day? That probably wouldn't happen. But, but I I've, didn't been, do that. I've been, I've been reviewed and I've been trashed, but the exact opposite. I mean, I know when I'm on and I know when I'm not on. And right. if I'm not on, or if people have a valid point, like, it just for last, in 05 I got trashed and one of the reviewers said all he does is scream and you know what that's fair because that is my style and if you don't like that style I can't argue with that you know like you can't argue with you know he's too angry okay I get it but when one reviewer said to, that I was just John Panette without the punch, which is like you're a fat guy with no jokes, that's where it's like, no, now you're crossing the line because yeah. I did have a good set that night and I did have jokes and I had punchy jokes and that one I had a problem with. To this day, if I saw that guy, I'd be like, you know what, I think you were wrong. The other girl, I'd be like, you were right. You know, because yeah. for every reviewer that's wrong, there's always ones that are right and, and they, yeah. you can't always be on your game. Exactly. It's, it's, exactly. Just, it's also one person's opinion. Sure. And then they might not have any good, you know, uh, comedy history behind them and they don't mind, they don't know what they're did Glenn uh, redeem- you can't say that because yes, I can. no you can't because I, can. the, I agreed with you where it's one person's opinion yeah. and but I don't agree with you that he has no past comedy history because he is the now comedy reviewer. But so he's, he, he's in this the- case he did have history in reviewing comedy. But then well, he has a history in reviewing comedy. It doesn't mean that he knows his comedy history. That's, I uh, agree with you. But, but but also I'm saying when you read the review of a critic, do you want him to have this sort of like, you know, very snooty, pompous sort of like, I know what I'm talking about. I'm a comedy historian. Or do you want the average opinion of the average guy that just goes to watch a show? Like how right. much? It's like when you read a film review. Do you want it to be written and uh, by a film historian or just some guy that like, hey, I like movies, you know? Yeah, that's... I personally want a film historian. Okay, yeah. uh, not me. I'm on. Is that what you're saying? I'd rather the average person, right. like, uh, you know, I watch so movies or it's... like, you know, just somebody who maybe has the same interest as me, right? No, so now but I'm going to take their advice. Now, did uh, Glenn Sumi do anything to uh, redeem himself? And... Yeah, sort of. Oh, so anyways, I like I I never sent it. I never tagged him in it. I just like simply. Wrote my blog and it was kind of like it made me feel better. It was my cleanse, right. and then I posted it. And then I walked home from like Starbucks, and then by the time I got home, I had all these messages and Twitter was just blowing up. And two people had sent him my blog, 
And I guess he ended up reading it. And then he was like, wow, that took guts. And he's like, I can't wait to see her again. And yeah, now I feel like I have a nice, good rapport with him. And and yeah, but anyways, so now, yeah, now, now, you... I, now I actually, I feel comfortable around him. I feel like, yeah, okay. But yeah. it's good that I... I did that, I guess. And I should be writing more often anyway. So at least that blog fucking sat me down in a Starbucks for two hours on a Friday afternoon. Well, I don't think you have anything to apologize about. And now I'm I'm glad that you are happy that you have the approval of the dance critic from Now Magazine. Yeah. <laughs> Good for you, Christina. Yeah. You, you know what? Now you feel comfortable around the guy that said John Doerr was the worst comic of the year when he was on Canadian Idol, which isn't even about being a comic. It's about being a monkey on a TV show. It's a hosting thing, yeah. It's a hosting yeah. thing, not comic. Give me a break. Right. Oh, you know me. I do like to. I, li- I like having a nice, healthy reputation of being. Of course you do. Nice, good-working, funny do. comic. Hopefully. Well, I'm, I think you, I think you did the right thing about yeah. blogging and and and, uh, and stating your opinions and not photocopying photographs of Glenn Sumi and putting X's over his eyes <laughs> and pasting them up around the neighborhood yeah. and shit like that. Yeah, no, I couldn't do that. I was embarrassed when the review came out, so that's why I blogged. I was like, well... Honestly, if I'm gonna, I can't. I've, I can defend myself, but it's not really much of a defense. It's like, okay, you know what? Yeah, that was me that day. Well, let's hope Glenn Sumi hears this and comes on the show, and we can talk to Glenn <laughs> about all of I these kinds it. of things. I'm still shy. I don't like conversation, but he does seem nice now. No, oh. that's so oh, now, now. now. <laughs> Uh, okay, that is the show. Uh, thank you for joining us. Uh, there's more episodes on our Facebook wall you can go to and iTunes and all that jazz. Uh, also, uh, if you want any more information about Dave Martin, you can go to DaveMartinWorld.com, correct, Dave? Uh, that is correct. And uh, every day we're tweeting uh, direct links to uh, episodes of, that have been podcast. That's uh, Anything that's Goes Ha on Twitter. That's and uh, Walk and uh, Shaw, where can people get a hold of you? Um, I'm on Twitter. I'm at Walk and Sauce. And if you want to read my blog, it's uh, just blog.walkandsauce.com. And for me, Comedy Whore is my Twitter and my website, ComedyWhore.com. And also, please do not forget, uh, the Phil Hartman is still eligible for Canada's Walk of Fame. So go to Canada's Walk of Fame or the uh, Laugh Attack website. There's information on how you can vote Phil Hartman into the Walk of Fame. It's ridiculous he doesn't have his own star on the Canada's Walk of Fame. Please go there and please vote for Phil Hartman and get him a star on the Walk of Fame. Yeah, Cirque du Fucking Soleil is on there, yeah. like a frogs on ropes. There we go. Man. Fuck them. <laughs> yeah. 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 I don't know. I, don't, I didn't mean the fuck them part. No, I was just getting on Dave's train. I meant the frogs on ropes. He did. Bonjour, Bye. Bye.